Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, howtodecorate.com. And I'm Taryn, and I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard. We're your hosts. Hi, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. We're so glad you're listening. This week, we have another episode from Discover ADAC. We're here at the Atlanta Decorative Arts Center, and they give us a little suite. We have a it's table. a little echoey. Echo. Yeah. Echo. But it's, it's a very little nice echoey. Sweet. So we're really sorry about that. It's but a hopefully... sweet, sweet. <laughs> it's a sweet, sweet. And it's got only deep seat outdoor furniture in here is literally almost lying down (laughs) it is a deep seat my mic is angled downwards because the table is 30 height your chin barely comes above the table i feel very in a like don't fall asleep right i look very unprofessional but i'm really comfortable that's all that matters we're casual (laughs) i like it casual and comfortable anyways yeah it's a little echoing here but hopefully you will enjoy our guests enough to wear you won't bother you. I'm pretty excited about so, our guest. Me too. I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> you jumped in so voluntarily. Yes. Um, so my trial this week is at the office when I, I just got back from my trip and we had, in the meantime, ordered a bunch of furniture because for the product design team, we are, have decided to take out the area that is cubicles and make it a big open floor plan. Um, and so we've ordered our original home office in black and some uh, d- dining tables in black to use its desk, um, some cow hides for rugs to oh. like, we've really decorated this area. And um, so on Monday when I got back, they had, um, started working on it and putting stuff in place. Well, come to find out there is this pole in the center of our area that all the electrical runs up and down for the whole section and they can't move it. (laughs) So they told me, yeah, so I get in there like, so we can't move it. So I had to kind of redesign our area and like- So it was covered up before? Yes, it was just like clumped in between cubicles, so. Yeah, it runs from the ceiling into the center of all the cube pods. If you look at any of the cubes in the center of each four, there's like a a thing that runs like all the power and all the Mm -hmm. computer Ethernet stuff. It's like a column-y tube thing. It's not very cute. No. Yeah. (laughs) And it messed up your whole room? Well, right. We were knocking down cubes to make this like nice open area that we could all talk and develop ideas and really have a design center right in the heart of... Mm -hmm. The cubicle, anyway, <laughs> cubicle walls. But um, I, so that stunk because I had to redo my plan. So that was my trial. But I did find out just the other day that our president of our company is super sweet and came down and was like, oh no, we're going to move that. So he's working on moving it. Awesome. So we should yeah, be able to exciting. go back to our original open concept floor plan so we mm-hmm. can all shout at nice. each other and stare at each other all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Taryn. Exactly. Um, and then my triumph is um, the bathroom that I painted all black, or had David paint all black. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do it. And I actually purchased the Atoll mirror that we have. That white one that's like ruffly. Yeah, yes, I love that, that mirror. Mm-hmm. So the bathroom right now has no color in it. It has the white tile. It has uh, the black box that the white countertop and sink sit on. And then obviously the toilet's white. Um, so every, but everything it else. It could have been a black toilet. It could, sorry. If it was Hugh Hefner's house. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. When we renovated, we <laughs> did put in white, which One of foolish. my childhood friends had, I just remember this, you're saying this, had a red toilet in their powder room. I thought that was the coolest thing that had <laughs> ever happened in the world. A red toilet? It was red. We uh-huh. had a baby blue one, and then we also had a pink one. Yeah. In the house you live in right now? No, growing up, parent, like growing up from the parents. So house. this house, before we did replace it with the white toilet, that one was a nice mauvey pink, and then the one in our bedroom was a baby blue. It's yeah. so funny that every house that had like mm-hmm. the baby blue also had the baby pink. 
it's maybe strange. you couldn't buy white maybe <laughs> i don't know it's probably on trend like, you know, the matching tub and then the yes all the tile which yeah. was steel and removing that was a, a bear bear i did again not do it david but i watched and it was real hard so you did not for the black toilet anyway. you opted for white <laughs> so yeah. I have a white toilet safe choice um, mer- back mer- on track <laughs> uh the mirror is I was going to hang it um, vertical, but just because of the space and um, the beadboard and stuff, it, we did it horizontal and it actually fits above where the beadboard line is, so it yeah. sits flush on the wall. Cute. And it, it works perfect. And it's just like such an organic shape and such a little black box it's that a it's. Statement. Did you tell Miles that you followed his instructions? Tag him right now. I'll tell him next time I see him. Send him a pic. You need to. Yeah. So, what are you going to do for your shower curtain in there? I have not decided yet, mm-hmm. so I do need help from you guys, because part of me thinks I should keep with the black and white thing and do everything black and white, and then do like the art with gold frames and color, but do like the Roman shade in black and white and the shower curtain in black and white, but then I'm also like, or do I do a bold color? And I mm-hmm. think the Roman shade and the shower curtain should be the same, because it's such a little room, that I do think those should be the same color or I don't maybe not I don't know I, I can't That's decide which is why I haven't committed to anything yet. yeah yeah well you've got time yeah yeah and you can I mean, try I have... a few things right and if you, you if know. you just use a drapery panel or something for your shower curtain you could always hang it up try it return it if you don't like it Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. I might have to do that. Ballard has easy returns, just so you know, in case she didn't know. And you have what? a hookup. Oh, yeah, what about chartreuse silk? You've been wanting to put those chartreuse silk panels up somewhere. I need to just buy a panel and try it, uh-huh. probably, and figure out what I want to do. And yeah. Have a Roman shade made, too. Experiment. Yes, but I haven't yet. Guys, I'm doing all these projects. Yeah. I'm so proud you of myself. Are. You're, like, knocking them out. I like it. Painted the black molding. Mm-hmm. Or David did. Yeah. <laughs> David's a helper. <laughs> all right, who's next? Okay. Okay. So my trial is that it's like so lame, but also was so frustrating. So we have like an alarm system. It was a, just a plain white panel on a white wall. It was easy. It was partially covered by a drapery panel. Everything was fine. Mm-hmm. Life was good. Well, Will changed our cable provider and the new people like bundled together our, our alarms. We had to get rid of our old alarm panel. Mm-hmm. And the new one is a giant iPad and like a real iPad well it's the size of an iPad basically it's like a tablet why do you need that much what do you do with it well here was here was what the trial was the trial is that it used to be on the wall and Mm this iPad thing tablet has to (laughs) y'all should see Caroline's face it is like a look of disgust (laughs) so annoyed um we didn't need a new alarm system I don't know why things had to change but whatever um it, it was really meant to, like, sit on a surface, like, so either on, like, our nice chest, antique chest right when you walk in or basically, like, right front and center as you came in our house. And I just didn't want to, like, a stupid screen mm-hmm. that says, like, arming. Right. Yeah. With a giant shield on it. Yeah. On, Ooh. You know, Ooh. first thing. Anyways. It doesn't go into sleep mode? <laughs> no. Gross. I know. I hate it. Um... <laughs> So I was being a total baby and, like, griping about it. <laughs> so finally, Will figured out how to mount it on the wall. Like, he had to cover up the old one, which was, like, hardwired. He had to, like, fix the wires so they were covered, mm-hmm. spackle it, and then he just mounted the tablet onto the wall, thank God. But I still need to, like, make it so the plug and the cord are, like... Hidden more? Well... You know, make it really straight and tight against the molding oh, uh-huh. the other oh, door. So you, can't see it. There, so you not... know, you can get those little things from the hardware store. Yeah, I just yeah. we have it's on my list. I haven't yeah. done it yet. But so anyway, so that's a little bit better. But I just was. You still have this big old. Our tablet. house is so teeny, and an it's iPads right when like you walk the size in the door. of your fireplace. Yeah, and someone's and gonna actually try to rob you because they're gonna think you have a tablet on. Yeah, your I want to. I want to steal that yeah. iPad. <laughs> yeah, I can see it through the door. <laughs> Just so you're inviting a robber. <laughs> so that was my trial. Mm-hmm. It sort of worked out, but it's still like, why do, why do, we, why do we have to do this? Mm-hmm. Why couldn't we just leave it as was? Oh, oh, whatever. Balls. All right. So. Okay. so then my triumph is that we, on our, like right when you walk in our door, you walk straight into the living room. It's a little 20s house. And um, the 
wall on your right is where our TV is and it's just mounted on the wall, but we had done a big art wall around it right when we moved in and I never really liked it. I mean, it was fine, but I never loved it. Mm -hmm. You know, like there was something just off about the way we hung stuff, but I was too lazy to redo it and didn't really have a good idea. Mm -hmm. Well, we finally rehung it. We mixed in like a lot of more different types of art. And I really loved when we went to Miles' house. He had gallery walls everywhere. And he did such a good job of mixing stuff. You know, a black and white photo with a sketch, with an abstract something or other. And I kind of wanted to like vibe off that a little bit. Uh Mine don't look as good as his did, but. Well, let me ask this, Miss Caroline. So you pulled everything down, you remixed it, you put it back up. Did you spackle and everything, or were you just trying to strategically cover all your old holes? Because that's we what would not, keep me from doing that. Yeah, I'd right. be like, I'm, I'm the not going to redo that wall. I have so yeah. many holes then. We didn't spackle every hole. We only spackled the ones that would be visible. So you spackled and painted them? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, Will had to spackle the alarm. <laughs> The old, the old alarm um, hole. It was the, the spackle weekend. Yeah. 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 He did that right. and I painted. Um, eventually, we're going to tear that wall out. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't too concerned about the holes in the wall, mm-hmm. um, in the plaster, because eventually that puppy's that wall was getting done. torn out. Right. But um, yeah, so we just rehung everything and mixed it all around. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we'll, that, won't even, that wall won't even be there, but... For now, it looks better. And awesome. Well, you're going to put some before yeah. and afters? I'll, put, I'll share a picture. I want to see. I still have a couple things left <laughs> that I want to do, but um, we have, like, one hole. But yeah. aside from that, cool. I do like when you kind of just refresh something, like either, like, mm-hmm. kind of rearrange some of the stuff you have on your tabletops or, like, mm-hmm. or like that art or pictures or put yeah. in new pictures and frames. It always does feel so, like, good. It's rewarding because it doesn't really cost anything and... Yeah, I think I'm due for one of those, like, pull everything into the dining room on the table and then Mm -hmm. re-merchandise the house. One thing we did is Will measured, like, our TV is in the middle of the wall. And so there's space, you know, in kind of a U-shape around the TV. So he measured the space, and we we put, like, painter's tape on the floor in the space that would be above it. And we sort of, like, played a puzzle, you know, so we, like, Uh moved everything around to try to get a feel for, like what can hang next to each other, what fits where, mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So Smart. that was kind of nice. Yeah. Was good. good tip. And I found, though, if you do throw parties with ridiculous um, decorations, mm-hmm. you have to take all of your normal stuff down. Oh. And I do... Reshuffle? It's either... Well, see, I don't remember how things work. Oh, okay. It's part of my thing. And someone's like, we'll take photos, which makes sense. Yes, yes. But part of it is nice because it is like, I'm like, okay... I had this stack of books on one of these. <laughs> All right, let's put it on this one this time. Yeah. And, like, I totally redo everything in that in that regard. Yeah. That's smart. Because I'm an idiot. No. No, I think it's <laughs> fun. It's a fresh eye. It's kind of after you do Christmas. You know, after your Christmas yeah. decorations come down, you can kind of rethink everything because it looks so different. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so plain after Christmas. Yes. It's like you're... You know how when you are in a space a lot, you sort of become invisible to what it is? Oh, yeah. But then there's something about when you've decorated for Christmas... And then you take it down. It's like you see your space in a whole new. Yes, fresh like eyes. Refresh, yeah. Fresh eyes, yeah, for sure. Faux okay. show. Your oh, turn. My turn. Okay, so I'm a lucky, lucky, lucky girl because I just got back from a two-week work trip to France. Um, and this is a trip where we go and we kind of like shop for antiques and go to markets and antique markets and try to find beautiful things that can inspire product design for Taryn and her group. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my triumph because it's awesome and it's hard to <laughs> not love that two weeks in, in France. Um, so then my trial <laughs> is, um, oh, that's embarrassing. So we were, <laughs> I love when they're embarrassing. Yeah. Right. Shame. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, literally every day, probably about five Oh one, the group, it are tired. You know, you're really working hard. It sounds like you're having a lot of fun but you're you're walking a lot and so about 501 it's time to sit down at a bistro and start people watching and have a glass of wine Parisian style because we're very (laughs) Parisian Mm -hmm. everyone was mistaking us for Parisians (laughs) Um, and so we had been drinking a lot of red wine our little group of four all agreed on red wine which was nice and so we'd been drinking a lot of Beaujolais don't y'all love Beaujolais? Mm-hmm. So anyway, we sat down and I had ordered some water for us and um, a bottle of Beaujolais. And the waiter was like, what did you want? And I said, you know, some Beaujolais. And he said, Beaujolais. 
you want Beaujolais? And I was like, well, well, yeah, what do you call it? And he was like, I'll get it. I'll get your Beaujolais. And I was just so embarrassed. <laughs> and so then the whole team mocked me the rest of the trip. And every time we oh got had any dinner, it was like, Beaujolais. So now I can never drink it again. So, <laughs> so he just like so mocked your accent. He totally terribly. mocked me. Aww. He totally mocked me. And I'm pretty Maybe sure one of those I things. said it just like he said it. Maybe he was just tired of you Americans Maybe. pretending to be Parisian. Maybe it was like when you're in ki- kindergarten and someone pulls your hair because they think you're cute. That's true. He just thought he we were so like, good oh, at she's being cute Parisian. And adorable. I'll, make I'll mock her. He was pretty cute, though. Those Frenchmen with their accents are pretty cute. So I forgave him and drank it. And he brought brought you what you wanted. He brought me what I wanted. And now you call it Beaujolais. 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 (laughs) Anyway, that was my not-so-trial trial. trial. the name of, like, a, like, southern plantation or something. Beaujolais. The Beaujolais. All right, well, let's get to (gasps) our our guest. guest. It's going to be great. James, he's awesome. Cool. We're excited to have our guest today, James Farmer. You, I don't even know how to describe what you do because you were a landscape architect, right? Mm-hmm. You are a gardening expert. You arrange flowers. You're an interior designer. You author. Author. Oh my God, yes. You have you like five books. You forgot that part. I mean, you are a jack of all trades. Well, I, a renaissance I don't, I don't think I'm that. I, I think it's all closely related, and so I don't branch out far from that. See, y'all haven't asked me to teach math or help your <laughs> you know, kids with homework or anything like that because <laughs> past that, I mean, I can grow a tomato and make a tomato sandwich and, you know, and then fill a blue and white bowl filled with produce from the garden. That all makes sense, but let's not get into math. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're a podcast star. And a podcast star. <laughs> Put it Y'all on your resume. Y'all can see I'm blushing. Yes. <laughs> well, I was trying to count how many books you've written. You've written like eight books. Yeah, we. It's, is it is that the nine number? Yeah, I think so. And it's it's one of those things where I lost track, and it's it reminds me of this lady at home, and she has a bunch of kids. And when someone said, "How many kids do you have?" and she says, "I don't know," they just all keep showing up at my table. And I thought, <laughs> I think I've reached that status. But what's fun about it is that each one is connected. Nothing was just oh, let's just try this and see if it works. You know, for me, it starts in the garden. And so that's my first book, A Time to Plant, but this latest book, A Place to Call Home, is an interior design book. And um, so to me, it starts in the garden and the land and then um, how we live. You know, my day job is I'm an interior designer. Um, I have letters after my name to be, to be professional <laughs> if we really needed to go into that, but um, for landscape and for interiors. But um, I think it all comes down to is our Southern lifestyle. It's genuine and authentic. And to me, that's why they all, the gardening, the flowers, it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this? Well, first I was born. What? And then, (laughs) and that's really how it kind of started. So, I mean, one of my earliest memories is my grandfather, um, Big Nap, my granddaddy. um, Wait, 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 Big Nap? N-A-P-P. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At one point, it was short for Napoleon, but we've dropped the Napoleon. Okay. You know, circa 17-something. <laughs> France, we're from France. We joke because I'm from Perry. That's Georgia, not no. Paris. Mm. <laughs> They're often confused. But um, Big Nap, my granddaddy, we have to say Big Nap because my nephew is Baby Nap. And then I'm Brubs. We all have nicknames. And it's very Southern It to is have very Southern. Like you have a name, you have a nickname, you have a nickname from a nickname. But anyways, <laughs> one of my first memories is Big Nap holding me and the smell of a tomato vine. Uh, him picking a tomato, so I'm in one arm, he's picking a tomato with the other arm, with the other hand, and that smell of his arm brushing past the, that, you know, that real earthy, kind of, you know, spicy tomato leaf smell, that is a first memory. Well, along with that is the, the smell and the feel of dirt and sand and, um, and a garden like mint, and uh, those smells that are directly related to memory go right back to how I got started. So answering your question is, I was born and just started, you know, loving the garden, loved being outside. And then um, my mother always joked that I was you know, probably the only baby that redecorated their nursery three times before they could walk. <laughs> but I did that. I was always doing something. So I'm just kind of a, an old man, but, you know, stuck in a 
30-year-old 6'4 frame. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you learn first, gardening or design? Well, I think the gardening started, but really quick after that, you know, I can remember one of the first plants that I grew and still grow to this day are zinnias. You throw the seeds and they do the work for you. But I grew those zinnias so I could cut them and bring them inside. I was always making little flower arrangements. So let's say I'd grown some zinnias and I could put them in little Dixie cup that was by my bathroom sink or, you know, on mason jars or whatever else was around. My grandmother was very good about teaching us how to live. Um, not that it's fancy and over the top, but she taught us that um, we eat with our eyes first. So before you've had that first bite, there's a visual feast. I mean, it may be a paper plate filled with barbecue and coleslaw, but some zinnias in a mason jar makes it pretty. So it's that eating with our eyes first, um, and then I learned this legacy through my grandmother that um, we feed people body and soul when they're at our table. So this, this whole, you know, bringing it from the garden inside really started soon after. So planting a zinnia, but bringing that zinnia inside for a flower arrangement and setting the table, which I love setting a table. Like really, that's probably my favorite thing is setting the table. Because it's, it's like if I'm redecorating a client's living room, well, that's going to take months. It's going to take time. It's going to take a whole lot of energy and money. And, you know, you're going to have art commission and rugs done and window treatments. The whole nine yards, literally, it's always like the whole nine yards and then it's on, then the nine yards on back order. But setting a table, it's like instant gratification. You know, you get to do flowers, you get to do food, you get to mix patterns like with china and silver and linens. And so that, that's pretty fun. What but you just can't make a living. What does every one of your tables need? Or always have? It always has to have something seasonal. So it doesn't necessarily have to be fresh cut flowers. It could be something potted. It could be, you know, herbs. It could be pine cones and pine branches from the garden, you know, during the wintertime. But your table should definitely tell you what the season is. And I even love to have something that you're eating as the centerpiece. So if I'm having maybe even just peach cobbler, well, a bowl of peaches with, you know, some zinnias and roses from the garden, it works, y'all. And it looks good in a silver bowl, a blue and white bowl or a clay pot, you know, it's just, it's it kind of transcend style. Something you did, okay, we did a couple videos with you. Yeah, they were so down. fun. They were so fun, and I learned so Good. much. I'm a disciple of these three videos. So, so we're doing those frogs, them. which I love frogs, yes. and people, people under, uh, they underestimate the power of a frog. A floral well, frog. Yeah, you have to, yeah, you have to frog, say what it is. Not ribbit, yeah. <laughs> not ribbit. All right. But one thing you did in those is you cut slices of citrus, mm -hmm. put them on skewers, and yeah. put them in the in the arrangements and it was brilliant yeah blew well, my mind. I always tell people if you want a straight A when it comes to florals you got to make three F's fruit flower foliage you know so you got fruit a sliced citrus the foliage I love to use magnolia because it's that two-tone green with a brown back and then whatever flowers mm -hmm. yeah I, good. I, I, I can't tell you how many videos. people have told me that I watched that video and I learned how to Arrange oh, I love it. Base. I yeah. love it. A lot so of people. They're in the basement at Ballard. That's right. It was the so thing, fun. The only thing is that I learned, so I was, you know, Karen and James and I were all there. I was just watching. Y'all were actually in it. But there was a lot of stuff that you told us behind the scenes that were so clever that never made it to the video, of course. Of course. But, the cutting um, room floor is yeah. always the juiciest. <laughs> like one of them was that, you know, we were talking about hydrangeas and how much water they absorb through Hydra. the petals. Hydra. Hydra. Yeah. Remember that. Yeah. They absorb through yeah. the petals, through the leaves, you know, not yeah. just the stem. And that's, that's one, of, one of my things that drives me crazy is people say, oh, I, you know, I cut my hydrangeas back every March and they never bloom. Well, I'm going to cut you down in March and see if you bloom in June. It's knowing pruning is huge because then when you prune properly, you have those thick, beautiful stems that can absorb the water when you cut them. And they're just, well, When I am think, I supposed to prune my hydrangea? <laughs> well, that's a great question, Karen. So in the ooh, book, ooh. A Time to Plant, uh -huh. I talk about <laughs> available at Ballard Designs. Um, True. It is, I know. Yeah. Uh, I have friends who will go in Ballard, like in the showroom, and they'll send me pictures like, oh my gosh, you're in Ballard. So in my opinion, I have arrived, but <laughs> pruning is, is, is pretty remarkable to know. And here's the easy rule to remember. If it, it's called the May rule. And if it blooms before May, things like azaleas, camellias, spirea, forsythia, quince, all those kind of things. If it blooms before May, you want to prune it while or immediately after blooming. And someone will always say, well, why would I cut my forsythia while it's blooming? Well, for a big party. I mean, you got to have arrangement. You might as well bring it inside and enjoy it. So prune while or immediately after blooming. 
if it blooms after May, things like, you know, things like there's certain types of hydrangeas, like limelight, like hydrangea paniculata, crepe myrtle, vitex, um, althea, all the summer blooming kind of things, you want to prune them while they're dormant. And let me remind you what prune means. Prune means to snip and to cultivate. It doesn't mean that your azalea and your poodle need the same haircut. <laughs> so there's always an exception to the rule, and hydrangeas really are the exception. Um, the big blue mop head hydrangeas that we're used to seeing, those really do well when you cut them while they're blooming in the summertime. And then what they'll do is they'll put on new growth through the summer, and then that new growth is what they bloom on the next year. So nothing really needs to be cut down to the ground. It just never works. So I may have been rude to a garden club lady one time. When, <laughs> when she snapped, she, she said, nothing, I, everything in my yard doesn't bloom. And I cut everything back. And I thought, well, that's why. Yeah. You cut it all back. Poor little flower. Hashtag read the book. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have strong opinions about um, crepe murder? Oh, don't even get me started. All right, so here's crepe murder. Do I don't understand. I don't understand why they do it. The only thing I can think of is that there must be a type of mental illness that has not been diagnosed, <laughs> and it's called, you know, crepe murder. But here's, here's the thing. Crepe myrtles, it's Lagostromia indica, Lagostroma. You know, there's a whole, the Lagostroma is the species, the genus, excuse me, and there's several different species. They are native to the deep south. They're native to, to Florida, to the panhandle, all across, you know, and you can drive by a, an abandoned old farmhouse that's sitting there and drive by there in June or July or August, and there's a crepe myrtle out there blooming its heart out, and it has not been touched. So I think people just need some kind of other stress, stress relief and crepe myrtles aren't your answer for that. Just let it be. It will bloom on its own and if it's too big it's probably because you planted a Natchez crepe myrtle that grows 40 feet tall mm -hmm. at your front door. I don't it's prune mine funny. if that tells y'all anything and they bloom every year. <laughs> Good to know. Mm -hmm. Do you print tarot? No, I don't touch mine. Don't. I That's don't extra work. It is, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just think, check it all the list. You don't have to do it. <laughs> That's right. So you just, I mean it wasn't just, but fairly recently like built a house mm -hmm. which is amazing and I, of course I cyber stalk you on well, Instagram thank you thank you <laughs> I love Instagram at James T Farmer y'all um, <laughs> my, my home um, my architect is Robert Norris from Wispitz Miller Norris here in Atlanta and I talked to Robert and said there's this old building that was on the farm where my grandfather grew up and it always was kind of cool so Robert looked at it and he said, we can do, we can draw this, this is a house. And um, anyway, so he, they took this building, which was a post office slash general store, and they you know, made it and fleshed it out to become Farmdale. And where the name Farmdale came from um, is, well, when you're in preschool and your name's Farmer, you were always the Farmer in the Dale for every nursery rhyme game. And so Farmdale kind of <laughs> has been with me, and I needed to give it somewhere. So that's I my name. It. That's the name of my house. That's so funny. Mm -hmm. I like that. I, I love, I love my house. It it's a happy house. Yeah, how did that process go? It was incredible. Um, it took over two years. Um, there was, you know, significant life changes in the midst of it. Um, I actually, um, and I talk about this very openly, I lost my mother and my grandmother in the same year, and that was the first year of construction. So it, it really became a more of a heart project at that point because there were things that, you know, I was gonna need a sideboard in my dining room or you know maybe a pretty secretary for this end of the hallway. Well, I inherited some things. And to have a house for them really meant something. So Farmdale was quite the process building and then moving in, if I ever move again, I'm gonna leave everything and start and just start over because moving is the most offensive thing I've ever done. <laughs> I remember trying to go to bed and couldn't find my toothbrush and you know, it was, and I live in the country, so it's not like I hired this you know, elite moving service from Atlanta that packed everything and brought it in. No, we put it in the back of my Suburban or the farm pickup truck, and it just, you know, there's my Anne Irene sideboard jiggling down the <laughs> gravel road, but it ended up, and everything landed, but if I ever do another house, I'm just going to show up and um, start over. just buy everything from Ballard and just start over. <laughs> Boxes to ever, ever do another house? Well, I want to do other houses in different locations. Okay. So I'd love something in the mountains, mm -hmm. love something in the beach, you know, so right. just to kind of you know, scratch that itch. Do you think you would do those second homes in a, like a different style or would you sort of stick to 
I would want to embrace the style of the area. So um, like Cashers is my favorite place. I'd love mm -hmm. to do a house in Cashers, but it doesn't have to be all, you know, bears and plaid and sticks. You know, I'd right. love to kind of do, you know, a, a, like a Farmdale 2.0, you know, or something like that. So yes, it's recognizable, but it embraces the style of the mm -hmm. area. So are most of your clients Southerners? Yes, if they're not Southern proper, they are Southern by, birth or um or you know and they have moved they're displaced or their mother was so um great example we're working on two really fun houses in st louis and um st louis though not a southern you know you don't think of it as a southern town um our client there she's from mississippi and we've helped them with their house in st louis and we've done their house um, down at sea island and so she's you know grown up you know in the south but then her husband's job took them to the midwest and um, one of the things she was craving was things like, you know, beautiful old plates displayed or put on the wall or, you know, wallpaper. You know, mm -hmm. Southerners, we love our wallpaper. And so we were able to give her some great things, but also um, keep that Southern tradition and the, um, and the vibe of where they were, you know, in check. And then that's led to some other projects with some of her friends there mm -hmm. who may not be from the Deep South, but what they're craving is Southern style, but it's, it's comfort. It's tradition. It's um, it's genuine authenticity. Mm -hmm. It's what it is. Yeah, I sat in a pan. I watched a panel this morning here at ADAC, and it was about Southern style. And they were each asked, you know, how would you describe it? Give me one word. Mm -hmm. And they all, were, every one of them, wanted to use the word gracious. And they're like, you took my word. You took my word. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is interesting that that so many people refer to it that way you know it's that that sense of wanting to have people in your home and have them feel comfortable entertain them you know um you know be gracious to absolutely strangers absolutely one of my favorite things that people say and it's, it's well it's actually the best compliment that i've ever received about farmdale was the day that i was moving in now clients say this all the time they feel like they say oh gosh this room feels like it's been here forever well i love that um and so i want that but the day that i moved into farmdale it was late June, it's 120 degrees, and there I have everyone that I know in Perry helping me move in, and um, there's this guy just standing in my kitchen who I do not know. Youngish, <laughs> you know, in that odd age of your 20s, you know, now that I'm in my 30s, everyone just, I can't tell you how old you are anymore. And he's just standing there looking around, and I thought, oh, he must be delivering the new mattress or whatever it was. So I walked up to him and I said, can I help you with something? He said, yeah. He said, I'm looking for the homeowner. I need him to sign something. And I said, well, I'm, I'm James. I'm the homeowner. And he said, no, no, no. He said, um, Mr. Farmer's an old man. And I said, well, Relatively. you want my dad or my grandpa? I mean, I could, who, who do you want? And I said, I'm James Farmer. This is my house. And he said, no. He said, this house is old. He said, I think what y'all have done with the renovation is really great. He said, I like the new appliances. I didn't know this guy. He was the direct TV guy coming to install the, you know, the television. And I just gave him a big old bear hug. And I said, I have built this house for over two years. And you said it, you thought it was a renovation and I was an old man. Thank you. But that's what I want people to think when they walk in is that it's seasoned. That there's an old soul who's present here. And um, I was thrilled that, that that was him. And How did you do that? Yes. Like what, how can, how well, can materials, we help you? Like materials are a big thing. So, you know, if you, if you are able to incorporate materials such as, you know, whether it's reclaimed lumber or beams or old bricks, you know, there are things like that. But if you are starting out and you've got a brand new home in a brand new neighborhood, you know, rather than buying something that may be shiny, you know, look at things, don't be afraid to mix. So don't think, okay, well, they have this beautiful setup and I have to mix the whole thing that Bowder's put together on page 42. Right. No. You can buy two or three of the things and then mix it with something you find at an antique place and that's what makes, so what you wanna do is create harmony and rhythm. So mix the old, mix the new. Buy, you know, a really great old chest that you find somewhere and then hang new artwork above it. Um, that's to me, it's the, it's the sing song, it's the mix of it. Plus it's the layers too. Grab a jute rug, Great, you know, y'all got. So I love y'all's. You know, grab a great shoe, grab sisal, any kind of neutral color rug, and then find a threadbare rug at a secondhand place and throw that on top of it. It's the layer that really makes it um, start feeling. We call it crunchy. Crunchy. Yeah. That's your <laughs> well, plus, I love potato chips. So. <laughs> we should have had some. Sorry. Ah, no, that would have been awful to hear that crunchy. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Y'all brought cookies. Thank you. Which I've had several. 
So how did you, you said you incorporated a lot of antiques into mm-hmm. your house. Um, how did you work those in effortlessly and work them into the things that you already owned? Well, heirlooms? you know, I inherited some things, but it's not like I inherited everything. So what I love about antiques is that they flat out tell you what it is. So let's say you need a, a serving piece, a server, a sideboard. I mean, that's what it's there for. It's a, you know, think about the, those two English words, sideboard. It's a board that's on the side and you can put Thanksgiving turkey on as we serve a casserole off. It's a side, it's to be served. And so um, whether it's a French name or an English name or wherever the country of origin is, they have meaning to it, even with silver pieces. Like I love a tomato spoon mm-hmm. and I love odd silver things. What is a tomato spoon? Pickle, pickle, pickle forks. <laughs> I know what a pickle, pickle fork forks. is, but I don't Jam know Jam spoons, pickle forks. Ice cream spoons. I love ice cream spoons. Mm-hmm. Ice cream forks. Ice cream forks. Yes. Yeah, they have a prong yes. on them. I but they're love it. So I love these it's odd like silver things. Spoon. But like the tomato spoon, Karen, is a it's a wide, um, shallow, slotted spoon that looks like about the size of a sliced tomato. So when you when you pick that up off the platter, some of the juice can kind of drop off. But that's what I love about it is that it's a tomato spoon. It kind of tells you what to use. Very so specific. if it's a you know a bow front chest, well, it's because it's a bow front chest. And it's, you know, the front of it bows out. Y'all can't see me waving my arms around, but that's what I'm doing. But I love that antique pieces kind of tell you what they were for, and that allows you to kind of be educated, and then that enriches your life when you use them the way they're intended. But then completely use them in the way they weren't intended because pickle forks were used for pickles and jam spoons for jam, but, um, you know, there's other things that you can use and mix and match with stuff, so we're not necessarily... You know, keeping our condiments in confit jars and things anymore. <laughs> so you know, it's collect them and use them for other things like flowers, especially. Do you collect silver? I do. Mm-hmm. I love silver. Mm-hmm. I don't have a particular pattern. I collect so I do have you know one pattern in particular that I love. I love the Audubon pattern, and I love an old English pattern called Charter Oak that has oak leaves and acorns. But in particular, I just love silver, and I use it. I use my silver, and that people say, "Well, I hate polishing it." Well, if you use it, you don't have to polish it much. Right. Mm-hmm. So do you do you run it through the dishwasher? Yes, but don't use a lemon Stainless. or citrus um, detergent. You just use like a, a plain mild detergent, and you can run it through the dishwasher. Um, that's that kind of is a side relief for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and then stainless steel, you know, don't mix it with stainless steel because there's a chemical reaction yeah, in the dishwasher. Touch, right? It can't touch. But you can mix them on the table and things like that. But I use my silver, and that goes back to, you know, my family you know, losing mama and Mimi in a, in a time like if I can use her silver spoon I, mm-hmm. I'm, I've got that you know that's mm-hmm. a piece of her that I've got you know with me and that, there's just something special about that mm-hmm. so silver's just fun mm-hmm. and it's beautiful I bought yeah. a my latest find was a samovar I, it's huge it's big and um, it's it's just pretty it's, it's actually an English it's English silver but a samovar is a Russian coffee urn and I just love the shape of them. They're so cool. And um, so that's my latest find. Ooh, I might make it to a lamp. Ooh, it would be a great lamp. Great idea. My, my belief is that any good lamp in life probably didn't start life as a lamp. I mean, like y'all got like candlestick lamps and pottery lamps, you know, things like that. So mm-hmm. you think it starts somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. Well, Mr. Samovar will become. <laughs> do you store all of your silver out where one can see it, or is it? A lot of pieces I do. The pieces that I use often, I have to be able to see them. Um, I have a lot of open shelves at Farmdale. Um, I have a big Welsh cabinet in my a Welsh, Welsh dresser in my dining room and a butler's pantry. So if, if I don't, if it's out of sight, it is out of mind. Mm-hmm. So I have several silver platters and bowls that I use a lot, and I pull those out and use them. You know, pimento cheese, spiced pecans, chicken salad, whatever I'm filling them up with, I use. But um, I also like, you know, for drawers for flatware, you know, that's great. And um, and you see them around at, at vintage places and shops, antiques, but like the silver, the boxes that the flatware came in and the flatware may be gone, but those boxes aren't expensive. And those are great storage things and they stack um, pretty too. Oh, so you buy those empty and then yeah. use them for storage. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So if you have silver platters that you're using all the time, you're not polishing those? Yeah, I do polish. You don't have to polish them as much uh-huh. because what what makes them have to be polished is they oxidize and and because when you use them, you're wiping them off and you do. I have to spot polish here and there, but not as often. 
you know, I don't let them get too. Do you use like what kind of polish dark. do you use when you do? Um, I love. There's several things. Um, there's Wright's Silver Cream, which is probably one of my favorites. But I also love the polished cloths that come in a little, um, kind of like a little, I don't know, it's like a little plastic aluminum foil bag. Um, but those cloths, you can actually put a little bit of vegetable oil on and re kind of reinvigorate them. Ooh. But those are great for just a little cloth, just kind of you know if you're if I've you know, I've got three of y'all coming over for dinner tonight, and I just rub the forks and with right. that, and don't have to get out it ends the, the tines. exactly. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of, it kind of works. I want to ask you a question that they also asked the panel this morning. Were you in this thing that I'm? No, I had okay, a book good. signing. So, you're not going to know the question then. Oh, fine. I'm excited. Ready? Mm-hmm. How many patterns of china do you own? Oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so my aunt owns a dinnerware company. Oh, no. And it's made in and it's made in Italy and it's at, in, in England and it's beautiful. It's Italian majolica, you hand woven a basket weave, and there's also a real simple pattern that has your monogram stamped in it. Got a lot of that. Um, <laughs> a lot so of that. Um, my aunt Irene had some really neat pieces. Aunt Irene didn't have children, so we kind of got you know we were kind of like her grandkids. Um, so I have lots of patterns, and I don't have one in particular that I think okay I have to use this and use it only, I always mix. And then I collect, um, I collect collections, but I love blue and white. In particular, I love um, the old school blue willow that has real the, the, the real old. That's what I have. Isn't it great? With the gold edge? You have the gold edge one, and mm-hmm. I love that one. And I love the one that, um, like, it may say occupied. real old Real willow. old, yeah. And <laughs> one of my dreams, y'all, is if you ever noticed the fence that's on the Blue Willow plate, it's this gorgeous Chinese Chippendale fence. Yep. I want to build that fence at Farmdale one day. We'll get there. But um, I do a lot of um, Blue Willow because it looks so beautiful with, like, okra and tomatoes and fresh corn and summer veggies and things like that. Um, anyway, so it, plus it, it mixes really well with my aunt's Provista. Uh, that's her company. And... Um, and then there's a set that um, a friend of mine, um, he painted into things like dogs and oak leaves and acorns. So it just depends. I've got, mm-hmm. I don't know, all kinds of lots. Like a dozen? Yeah, a dozen is a safe number. Mm-hmm. And do you entertain a lot? You I must. I do. Well, in Perry, there's nowhere to eat dinner. So and so if I want to have a dinner party, I, y'all, I love having a dinner party. Um, because, Give us like your whole, like what's your rundown? Okay, I do the same meal for every dinner party. Because oh. I can do it in my sleep, Smart. and I just change it with the seasons. So pork tenderloin, roasted vegetables, Miss Mary's biscuits, done. It just works. So whatever's in season dictates it. So right now, if y'all are coming over to Farmdale for dinner party, I do pork tenderloin because, one, y'all just get sick of chicken. I mean, I love chicken, like fried chicken, all that, but I, I just sometimes am just like, okay, mm-hmm. let's have something else. <laughs> and then beef tenderloin, I just feel like that's Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. It is so... And that's it's just expensive. what it is, and yeah. it's expensive. Uh-huh. I mean, beef tenderloin is like buying twenty fillet mignons. Yeah. That's what a fillet is it's cut expensive. from. So pork tenderloin to me is that great middle ground. So what I'll do is I'll do pork tenderloin, and then I roast it in the oven, or I'll grill it. If it's summertime, I grill it. I have a couple of marinades in my book that I love. But my favorite thing is I have this cast iron, y'all. It's it's almost like a, my sister calls it the baptismal font. It's huge. It's this big, <laughs> big. He's acting ca- out something that is. It looks like a casserole dimension. dish. It's like a, it's like a casserole <laughs> dish, but y'all, it's like a nine by thirteen stretch to like a thirteen by twenty. I mean, it's big. It's <laughs> okay. really big, and um, What's I it can made put of? it's cast iron. Cast I mean, iron. It's, it's, it's cast iron. I've, it was my grandmother. I've had it forever, so I don't even know really what the story is on it. But I can. What I can do is I can heat it on the stove top on, on my range top, and get it really hot. Put some oil in there, and then I can sear the tenderloins in there uh-huh. and then I throw like this time of year here's what I would do I would do onions and apples mm-hmm. and turnips and sweet potatoes chop them all up throw them in there olive oil salt and pepper throw it in the oven pull it out in just a bit when it's done I mean y'all it's it's so easy it sounds delicious it is delicious mm-hmm. and then Hungry. it's a one meal thing so then I like to serve casually whether it's off the sideboard or off the stove and um, you serve you know people come in they scoop up and they can get a piece of tenderloin they get little bit of rutabaga or turnip or apple or whatever with it and then um miss mary who works with my family who's my heart and soul she makes the best biscuits in the free world and so i'll have you know some of miss mary's biscuits and then you know this time of year i'd probably do pecan pie or apple pie yeah, easy right. but i love that and so let's check that off the list master one meal and then you can entertain right so are you setting the table like mm-hmm. the day of day before like what are we talking here no nah, it depends on when i have time i'm I'm busy, so sometimes I do it at night. Um, 
you know, after Jeopardy because I'm really cool and that's what I like to watch. And then, <laughs> um, if y'all want a whole podcast, you ask me about what, what I watch TV wise, because then that's hilarious. <laughs> Wheel of Fortune, then Jeopardy, and then it's usually bed not far after that. I think but you um, are an old man. I am an old. I'm not kidding. I don't say that to be cute. I say that because it's the truth. But <laughs> if I can say it the night before, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a morning person, so if I can do the bones at night, like get the tables, the chairs, you know, get that kind of part set up, and in the morning, I have to go out and cut, and it's cooler, and I can go cut stuff here and there, and mm-hmm. kind of get it ready. Do you still grow vegetables in your I grow herbs mainly because I travel so much that Mm -hmm. there's just nothing worse than coming home to a shriveled up tomato. Um, Mm -hmm. Thankfully, we have such great farmer's markets and produce stands around that I rely heavily on them for vegetables. But herbs, I keep rosemary and parsley. Rosemary's my favorite because you can use it, I mean, rosemary and apple pies, great rosemary and cornbread, rosemary and sweet tea, rosemary pork tindle. I mean, it's all. Yes. What? Yeah, so you make a simple syrup, you know, sugar and water, and you let it sit, you let it steep, mm. throw some rosemary leaves in there. You can do it with basil, you can do it with thyme, any of these simple syrup, mint, any herbs to make a simple syrup. But rosemary tea is really, really good. But it's an evergreen for us here in the deep right, south, so right. it's great to use yeah, all year beautiful. round. Mm-hmm. I have a big old shrub of it. Yeah, it's... rosemary grows where strong women live. So, Ooh. Kay Mooney, you're a strong girl. Kay Mooney. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I put it in my salad dressing. Oh yeah. Well, I have a question for you because uh-huh. this is this is my own personal need. I'm throwing a um, couple's baby shower this weekend, and we ordered a runner of eucalyptus to go down the center mm. of the table. Mm. It's only 22 people, so we're doing dinner party style. Mm-hmm. Um, my question is, what could I mix in? Because so we're using that as the base to make this real simple. Because we have like no colors, like it's just greenery is what we're doing. I love lotus pods. They're dry. You can buy them green at the florist, but you can also buy them dried brown. So stick. I love just because it's geometry. So Uh, tuck those in with that eucalyptus. That could be really cool. And then candles. Lots of candles. Just low candles or high. Oh, mix it like a skyscraper, Uh like a city skyline. Ikea. So yeah, Ikea yeah. does those sets of five, and you get five mm-hmm. different shapes in there. And so then you like need you know, like ten sets of five, yeah, and, and literally just do that, and it's so romantic, so pretty. And then, so a flower arrangement doesn't always have to be flowers, but I love this time of year something dried, and okay. um, so a lotus pod would be cool. Um, candles, what eucalyptus, is a eucalyptus looks runner? great. It's branches of eucalyptus that have been woven mm-hmm. into a long garland. Like yeah. your gar- like, see, oh, like your okay. garland here, so it's, and it's, got, it's eucalypt- got dimension. It's not flat. It's not flat. It'll lay flat, and mm-hmm. so depending if it's silver dollar eucalyptus or if it's the money, like the what do they call it, um, seeded eucalyptus. Um, there's like a silver dollar. There's all kinds of different little names for them. They'll probably be a mix of their leaves, and it'll smell great too. Well, I find so many people today don't entertain. They're afraid mm-hmm. of entertaining. They're afraid mm-hmm. of having Maybe people over. Um, they don't reciprocate my invitations don't even get me started on how bad people are about an rsvp <laughs> when you can text email direct message on instagram hey k mooney i can't make it okay fine but when i'm setting a table i gotta know who's coming i gotta know All how right. many so do you have any tips or hints for young people or just people since you have no concept of age anymore um <laughs> on taking the intimidation factor out mm-hmm. to bring people into your home yeah all right, so I'll go back to quoting my grandmother. The best dish that a host can serve is confidence. So you can have people coming over and you're sitting on the floor on quilts eating pizza out of the box. Don't, don't apologize and say, I'm sorry, all I could do is pizza. You know, it's real. I mean, mm-hmm. I've had a dinner party like that. You know, we're friends from Sounds moving, fun. and you know, we just Who threw some quilts saying down. Saying no to pizza. I know. Who are these right? I know. But what people think is like, oh, I don't have a solid set of Francis the First or Chantilly silver. <laughs> Big whoop, mix it, just mix it, and take that fear out of 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 hosting because you've who are you really gonna insult? You know, it's yourself that you're really trying to impress. You know, so don't try to do some unbelievable you know dessert or some crazy fourteen course. Just do it and do it right. Do it how you know. If you can just make a pot of soup, serve soup and cornbread, and guess what? You can buy cornbread at Publix. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, just Publix. do that. And it's not that people are coming over to eat Karen's famous fried chicken or whatever it is. They're coming over because they want to be with you. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, enter- I entertain a lot, simply because, one, I enjoy it, but I love kind of telling people, look, it's just easy. Here's how mm-hmm. it's done. And um, you're just keep eating. Keep doing. You're just eating. 
I mean, what's well, mostly hanging out? You know, yeah. it's mostly talking. I love lingering. Yeah. I love, you know, when you're at the table and the wine's going and, you know, dessert's served and no one jumps right up. That linger, that moment, that to me is the most precious, fun moment of the dinner party. I always love after dessert. When you go back into the living room. The rehash is what we call it. it. Like the rehash. Sitting way back in your chair and you can like take your shoes off. That's my favorite part of it. So party. y'all talked to my best friend Maggie Griffin. So Maggie and I, <laughs> so this is what cute. we talk about, the rehash. And I like that we name. love whether it's we prefer to do it right after the party, so it's everything's fresh. But <laughs> you know, because I'll say, Maggie, did you did you hear what so and so said about that they're moving to and Maggie's like, No, I didn't hear that. And did you hear and it we can we can just put it all together and rehash it. And sometimes that's better than the leftovers. Yeah, sometimes it is. <laughs> One of my favorite things is we eat dinner around our dining room table a lot. Yeah, my family, it's called my a sons. dining room. Right, and mm-hmm. I love it. You know, we talk and see each other. We rarely see each other, yeah. right? We're all busy. Um, but I, and then usually, you know, Joe and I go and watch television and finish our bottle of wine and go to bed. But some of my favorite evenings are the kids have gone and Joe and I just sit there and just can't stop talking. Just keep talking. And the Aww. next thing you know, that. it's 11 o'clock and it's like time for bed, honey. So romantic. That is cute. It's not that often. But, <laughs> but it's you know. memorable. Yeah, a couple it's times memorable. a year that'll happen. Just sort of happens. That and it's great. And people rush up, oh, let me help you with the dishes. Now, that's a true friend that helps with the dishes. But you know what? Let it go. They're yeah. not going anywhere. I mean, anywhere. Just, just let it sit. Throw it in the sink. Like, you can do like it tomorrow. I like people to help me with the dishes. Yeah. I would rather, while you're here be sitting talking to you and hang out with me will and i can do the dishes in 15 minutes after you leave like i don't really you can do that and and, and i tell you something else is when you have a party and you have people over and you're doing the dishes later that's one of those times where you kind of do your inventory and you think oh broke the wine glad did they steal my silver (laughs) my tomato my My tomato tomato spoon He know. I saw you, Caroline. You're eyeing that pickle fork. Um, I know. I have one of my own. I'm I know. Good. But um, that's something that's fun to just kind of redo your inventory after mm-hmm. that. But you can do that on your own. Yeah. And um, just do it confidently and have fun. Mm-hmm. What are the biggest mistakes people make? Do you feel like when, like when they purchase furniture or I don't know? They want extreme home makeover right now. And I'm telling you, even projects that I've had where people spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on an entire house, you still miss something. And what you miss is the story that your life tells. So let's say you have an unlimited budget and you can do your entire house. Well, then you're done. You know, you don't, you don't sit and wait or find the hunt. You know, I'm from a big hunting area. My family hunts, everyone around me hunts. Well, my hunt doesn't necessarily involve camouflage. It involves a trip to Scott's or somewhere, you know, where I'm on the hunt for this or that and whatever it is. So to me, finish something and finish it right. Not the whole house. So if you're, if you're thinking, gosh, I just, I'm having this dinner party, I need a table this weekend, you're probably not going to find your ideal table for this right. weekend. You could also do a folding table from Costco, throw burlap over it and some mason jars, and, and, then, and that, that works in the meantime. Find what you want, mm-hmm. use that time wisely, and yeah. don't be in a rush. Let it evolve, you know, let it kind of build, and then those layers really kind of speak to the cadence and the rhythm of your home. Mm-hmm. Well, when you are uh, decorating a home for someone to kind of start to finish, mm-hmm. how do you make sure that home still has a feeling of having a soul? Or it's the balance. Them? It's the balance. So you can't let everything be old and you can't let everything be new. It's all about the balance. So um, I did this, I did Leadership Georgia last year, and it's this fun opportunity that I'm um, so honored to be a part of. And they had this psychiatrist from, um, she's out in Colorado, and she did this, we did these tests to see kind of like what kind of thinker you are. And I've always said, well, my gut tells me this. Well, you know, there's people like me who actually have neurons, you know, in not just our head, but in our gut. And our gut tells us that this is the way to do it. And I loved having someone smart say that, you know, vouch for that, confirm that. (laughs) Um, That said and done is I can have, have a gut check and think, all right, everything is... It's a French pottery lamp. It's a French chest. It's a French mirror. You know, and it's like my gut's saying, well, we need to edit it. We need to kind of bring it back down and mix and kind of mix it. So it's that gut check for me. And that's how I know. Um, But I also have to put as much into it. I have to think about every level. So let's say it's a a library for a client. You got to have a place to sit. You got to have a place to put your drink. You got to have a place to put your feet up. You got to have books and shelves. And and so if I need 10 books, you know, I'm going to bring 20 because shelves absorb so much stuff. So you have to bring more and I have to prepare more. That's my, you know, loaded for bear and have to be able to do that. And then, um, then I edit and walk away from it. And that fresh eye is always a great help too. 
How many projects do you guys work on at any one time? We've got a couple dozen going right now. Yeah, that's um, a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot. You're thinking about as you're as you're hunting. It is, but what's great is that they're not all at the same phase. You know, so right now we've got projects where we had a site visit yesterday where they just poured the foundation, and then we have projects where we're about to go install in a couple weeks. So you've mm-hmm. got you know different phases, and. Um, we always joke with our clients, you know, right at the very beginning, you're going to pick out your light, your lighting and your plumbing and then not see it again for a year. Uh-huh. And because um, you have to get the wiring and the plumbing, you know, the guts done first. But um, not if every project was at the same stage, it'd be impossible. But it's the it's the cycle of it where this is just starting construction. This is almost time for install. This is the middle time where we're ordering or whatever it is. When did you start just doing deck decor like decorating um interiors. a couple years ago well it's i guess it's been right after a time to plant um my first book was released um it put me on the road a lot you know with book signings and speaking engagements and um that that really took me away like out of the field um i had a great girl who was working with me and she was an interior designer um and so she was able to keep the interior design side going and as as my business continued to grow interiors wise um fortunately where i am i have great people who work with me but they've always been interiors trained so we have phased out the landscape part but with hopes to bring it back um yeah we've got we still help people with pots and benches and lighting and you know that outside the garden ornaments and things but um there's so many great landscape architects that i love and love to you know really rely on for doing some great things so um, then we can help with the fluff but it's, it's over it's been an evolution and we'll hope to get back into it do you have any thoughts sure. on curb appeal curb appeal is this it looks like from when you're standing at the curb this is appealing well what's appealing to us there's visual interest you know the senses are touched so you think oh I like that shutter color or their shrubs are pruned properly they're not whacked into weird poodles <laughs> you know there's there's nice you know it's clean you know it's not that it's overdone it's that there's something that's um well, you know the French say je ne sais quoi you know there's the unami that's the kind of that what is that scent that taste you can't really put your finger on it mm-hmm. that's what curb appeal is you just look at it and you go there's something and it could be the shutter it could be the planters at the front door it could be the dormer windows but there's just something mm-hmm. but usually it's clean and simple that um, that works together. Well, are you working on another book? Because I feel like 9, 10, 11, 12. Why not? Why not? Um, I think an even dozen. <laughs> why not? I like, I like the sound of that. So the next book, um, we'll see. It will probably be interiors-based um, since that's what we're doing. This, this book, A Place to Call Home, we shot it over the course of a year. And so you need projects to be complete. So right now we've got a lot of things that are, we do have some that are complete. We have some that are, you know, we could go shoot tomorrow. We have others that we could shoot, you know, in a, a few months or after install. So I really like to shoot a project, not fresh after an install. You know, I like it to have to settle a little bit. Mm-hmm. We tell our clients that interior projects are like surgery. They're painful, they're expensive, <laughs> but there's a healing process and it open, you know, and you, you, you have a positive um, you movement forward. So um, that'll probably be an interiors book, but I wouldn't mind some, you, know, you get lifestyle in there too, so we'll see. Hmm. That's so we'll cool. see. I'm looking forward to it. That's Me really too. Cool. I love I'm gonna photo have to get shoots. a new bookshelf fun. there to hold them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, right? I think I just saw one in here. In the, you in probably the catalog. did. You know, I, I love what y'all do because y'all make so many great things accessible. That is really, honestly, that's huge. Majorly, our goal is to get great design that's affordable. That's you know, you're getting your totally. money's worth. I mean, I'm looking at, you know, here's a lamp right now. It says, design your perfect lamp. And, you know, this is what we do. You know, we may be working with a potter who does this lead glaze and it's 24 karat gold base and it's a custom done, you know, you know Shantung silk pleated, you know, that kind of thing. And then you got a $4,000 lamp. A lamp really shouldn't cost that. But, it, but y'all, have, y'all have the same look. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it makes it accessible and, 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 and inspiring. So... Um, plus, one of the favorite things as I'm opening up, you know, buffalo check is my favorite color. So <laughs> y'all have had plaid forever. Yeah, yeah. And it's still here. Yeah. And you mix it with floral or animal print, and it always looks good. We love a little animal print. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In I like that wicker banquette. That's fun. <laughs> do you do much in trends, or do you feel like you stick with classics? 
I'd say that I stick with classics. Um, I, I'm not the cool kid, so I'm always the nerd who might get to sit at the cool kid table at some point. Like right um, now. Like right now. Right I'm, the nerd, I'm, I'm the nerd at the cool kid table. I, like, I wasn't kidding, y'all. I am. But so if I try to do something trendy, it's going to look awful. So to me, it's like, you know what? This is classic. This is traditional and it works, but it doesn't mean it's stuffy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want it to look like, ooh, that was September 2017 when they did that. Right, mm-hmm. right. So yeah. you've got to keep it, you know, really, really rooted um, in a great style. Yeah, I think you do a great job. You're sweet, thank you. Mm, you're welcome. <laughs> so we got a question. Okay. Um, Last oh, we, week, we have a, yeah, we have a listener question for you. It is the perfect question for you. Oh gosh! Because when I first read it, I was like, I have no idea how to answer this question, but I think yeah, you probably is, could. Yeah, this is a really good one for you. And so. I don't know what the question is. No, y'all have it in front I'll read of you. It. So. We're going to about every episode with a customer dilemma. Okay. Well, not customer, a listener dilemma. Listener dilemma. Yeah. So we have a listener dilemma. So this one's from Julie, and she said. I found your podcast with Margot Shaw from Flower Magazine. Stop Variant. there. Margot, rock star, love. <laughs> Did we not love Margot? Uh, She's Margo, so um, And just a, little, just a little moment here. Thank you, Margot, for making me the cover of the latest issue of Flower Magazine. <laughs> just to say, it's a beautiful She's living room we did in St. Louis. I love Margot. <laughs> She's so, let's talk about gracious. Yeah. Oh, she's just, she's yeah. so stylish, so gracious. I met you when... When I met her, I think, like down at Jacksonville Arts and Antiques. Yes, as Arts and Antiques, when y'all were the sponsors for the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I have loved her ever since. So I anyway, she's All right. She's so we had Margo on. Yes. Love Margo. And she was great. <laughs> um, and she asked, I have several roses and hydrangeas that gr- I grow in my backyard. I love bouquets, and though I love the idea of cutting flowers and sorting into vases in my home, the flowers often include spiders and mites. I've soaked them in water before arranging, but often the delicate rose petals will fall off in the water bath, while the hydrangeas will continue to harbor bugs, even with a good soaking. My question to you is, how can I get rid of the insects on my flowers before I arrange them in my home? Okay, it's a good question, and I'm going to have a really silly answer. So, Julie, thankfully you are not a flower, so they're not going to hurt you. The bugs. <laughs> the bugs. So, first off, don't flip out. I can't tell you how many times I've had a little critter crawl across my table because I brought you know, flowers in from the garden. But if it really is going to bother you, you've got to think about how you treat them in the garden before they're brought inside. Um, I'm not a huge proponent of insecticides and pesticides um, simply because a lot of the things like herbs and flowers, I'm putting them on my table. Um, so I love to use things like, for example, um, if you're treating your roses or your hydrangeas, you can do a solution. It's mainly water, but it's a little bit of like Murphy's oil soap. And you can spray them with that. And what that does is it doesn't hurt the plant itself, but it kind of coats it to the point where the, um, the critters can't really hold on. Because water, you think about getting rid of, well, they stay out there in the rain. Mm-hmm. So a yeah. little bit, so it's like, you know, a tablespoon, a tablespoon or so. I think it's like, it may be like a half cup per gallon, I think is what it is. Um, so whatever that comes down to. So it's not a lot. So that's one thing to think about there. Two, if hydrangeas and roses are your main thing and that's what you're doing, think about what is eating, you know, what are eating these critters and have them around. And if it's a certain type of cricket or a certain type of praying mantis or another, you know, so you want to fight fire with fire in that sense. Um, and then lastly, just, you know, like I said, I wouldn't be too worried about it because they're only going to be on there a day or two. They're not going to you know, eat your house. They're not, not bringing in termites. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of work. Um, Most likely there are already spiders in your house somewhere. Uh-huh. And they're going to come eat that critter. Yeah, they're going to well, eat that mean, critter, yeah. <laughs> they're already in your house somewhere. I just don't, I, it doesn't bother me. I mean, they're little, I mean, they're just what they are, what they are. So mm-hmm. I know that probably isn't the answer that she wants, but <laughs> past spraying it with a bunch of nasty chemicals that you just don't want to spray and handle and then put on your table, mm, that makes me a little weird. I'd rather have a critter than some weird chemical. So that would be my answer there. But the, one of the things that we do is that, is that Murphy's Oil Soap water blend. And that it's just an oily soap, and it doesn't hurt the plant. And it, um, you can use it for your inside of plants, too. So um, if you have, like, an inside palm or a fiddle leaf ficus or something like that, you can spray it on those and wipe it off. And it um, cleans them because you think about what do mites and spider mites. They live in that dust kind of okay, a bad. Okay, so let me ask you this. So I have 
some well i thought they were lemon trees but i just recently found out they're lime trees right after right. having them for four years anyway um so i bring them in in the winter uh-huh. and i put them in my sunroom can i spray them with that so they because they always get spider yes. mites every yes, year yes that'd be a perfect thing to spray them with all right absolutely I love it this yeah. is so good that's for easy me. i mean murphy's also works great um dawn can be a little more like a little more embrace like it's more for removing oil and things like that but the oil soap kind of coats it and just wipe it off and um but yeah i hope that helps julie it does help Julie. Yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah, it's going to be great. I have no advice for her. No, I have yeah. no idea. I like yours. Thank you so much, James, for stopping by. Can you tell everyone where they can find you and buy sure your thing. books? Sure thing. Sure thing. Jamesfarmer.com is your first stop. Um, I want to make this public service announcement that every book bought on jamesfarmer.com is signed by the author. What? And then shipped you know out. him? I know him. Y'all, <laughs> this cracks me up. People say, I want a signed copy. Where do I get a signed copy? jamesfarmer.com. It's on every Instagram post. <laughs> so, jamesfarmer.com. That's jamesfarmer.com for all your signed books. And then it's James T. Farmer for Instagram and James Farmer Inc. for our shop and business um, for Instagram. And then, of course, Facebook. You can find us on those same handles all right that's our show thanks so much for listening you can subscribe to the podcast in your podcast app and leave us a review as well we'd really love to see your feedback and send us your questions so we can answer them on a future episode you can just email them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net and follow us on social media at ballard designs until next time happy, happy decorating, decorating.